And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Keith Law, and welcome to episode 36 of the Keith Law Show. My guest today is Seattle Mariners outfield prospect Taylor Tremell. We'll get to him in just a moment. A couple of very, very quick things. Uh, if you're looking for my free agent rankings, they will appear two days after the World Series ends. So at some point later this week, I guess it's going to be Thursday or Friday by definition, my ranking of the top 40 free agents for this winter with capsule scouting reports on each of them uh, will be up for subscribers to The Athletic. Uh, I will have another podcast next week, but I will actually technically be on vacation at that point. We're going to just record it ahead of time, uh, but I will at least have that free agent ranking. It'll go up while I'm technically off duty. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Now it's my pleasure to be joined by Taylor Trammell. He's an outfielder now with the Seattle Mariners. He's been with a couple other organizations, started with Cincinnati, traded to San Diego, just traded to Seattle this past summer. Taylor wrote an amazing editorial for the Players' Tribune on September 8th with the great headline, Baseball is Not Black Enough. And as soon as I saw that, I said, I, I want to have Taylor on to, to talk about that. So first of all, Taylor, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So I want to start with one of the things you said at the very end of the piece, because I think it's really the crux of your argument. You said, and we need more black players on the field. What are we waiting for? So start from there. Where are we failing as an industry in terms of getting black players, even just into minor league baseball? Never, never mind the majors, but just getting them on the field at the minor league level. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, I think I, I think I probably made one of the points in the article is that baseball, well, for me, it's not boring, but uh, for a lot of other people, you know, there's no excitement with it. Um, there's no, um, there's no, I don't want to say uh, emotion with the game. There is, if you actually, you know, if you actually watch it, but for the most part, you know, uh, comparing it to say football uh, or basketball, or any, or soccer, or any of these other sports, we're looking at them, and 
big plays happen, everybody's going crazy. You see it now in the World Series, you know, mm-hmm. you see it now in the playoffs and now with the, I don't want to say, it's always weird to say it, but like the new wave of players that are coming up, you know, baseball is, baseball is fun. You know, baseball is a game that is obviously, um, I, I play it, so I have a totally different perspective, but at the same time, I also have uh, friends and families um, and associates who don't play the sport, who would much rather not just watch, you know, Thursday night football rather than the World Series, you know? And uh, it's it's this thing about, um, I think a lot of times people pers- like put the tag on baseball as, um, I, I said it earlier, boring, as kind of like uh, follow these rules like step by step, you know, if you hit a home run, you can't look at it or, you know, show any emotions or the pitcher is going to, you know, hit you or, you know, you're going to have a bad rep within the league or anything like that. You're seeing it now with a lot more of these players. And honestly, you're seeing it and you're just like, wow, okay. Like this game is fun. I I, I remember the, the commercial with, uh, with MLB, it was, it was the commercial with uh, the playoffs. And mm-hmm. they had, uh, like, all these guys. DJ Khaled is uh, – he's narrating this whole thing. Like, you're seeing all of these players from different backgrounds. And I'm looking at these guys, I'm like, okay, like, this is, this is where we, we need to go. Um, and uh, I'm going to be the first one to tell you. When I first – because, well, when uh, we did the Players' Tribune, um, I didn't know what the uh, headline was going to be. And so uh, when I actually saw it, my heart completely dropped for a second. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. I was like, you know, at first I knew like um, there was going to be some, uh, the people, some people who were obviously going to not, you know, care for it, for that, you know, headline or anything like that. And then obviously, you know, uh, people, I don't, well, I had to turn off my uh, tags on like Twitter and Instagram because, <laughs> you know, they're like my phone was blowing up. And so like, you know, obviously when I woke up at the time, uh, I, I saw a lot of the comments and everything like that. And I was just like, oh, OK, I, I wasn't hurt or anything like that. I was more of like, oh, OK, now I'm trying to see different perspectives from people. But, you know, that's my that's what I've lived through and that's what I've seen. And so, uh, you know, some, certain people were saying like, uh you know, well, football's not wide enough or uh, basketball's not wide enough. (laughs) They're saying these things. And so, you know, I had a lot of things, not really a lot of things to say, but, you know, a lot of things that were going through my mind were like, well, you guys have the same opportunities. I like to think things through whenever I talk. um, uh, Sure, sure. It's a tough topic too. People don't like talking about this. Yeah. And it's weird to me. And I don't know why that people don't like talking about it because I don't know if it's, I don't know. It's weird because I'm, I'm fine with it, but baseball is expensive as well. Mm. And so I know from me growing up, my parents sacrificed a lot to get where I'm at, where I am right now. Not saying that there are other families that wouldn't sacrifice, but you know, if, you know, somebody were to say, Hey, like you're a great athlete, man. Like, like we really want you to come out and, uh, you know, try out for our, AAU basketball team or our, our basketball program or football program and say basketball, for example. 
oh, what do I need? I, I need some sneakers and uh, pay like a down payment. And like, we'll, we'll get the basketballs for you and everything like that. And so it's a no brainer from going from, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, uh, you know, we have these, uh, we need new cleats. Uh, we need new gloves that are expensive. We have, well, you need batting gloves if you don't want your, you know, most of the time some guys don't know BGs, but you know, for me, <laughs> I get blisters. I have to wear batting gloves and then, um, you know, bats change the regulations every year, um, with just the expense of all this stuff. And then if you want to get exposure, you have to play travel ball. You have to go all across the country and do all of this stuff to get exposure to, uh, you know, for scouts to see you and honestly really comes down to scholarships, getting your college paid for. And some of the guys can't afford that. You know, Mm -hmm. what is it? Is 11.7 scholarships that are given out for baseball. Yeah. And it's, it is atrociously low. And I have Scott Boris for one has said publicly and privately to me, he said over the years, that really affects a lot of black players because it cuts off one possible avenue for them to play rather than going to play pro ball. And he's argued, put more scholarships there. We might have a better chance to keep black players who might have choices with the other sports, like you were describing, cheaper to play mm-hmm. the other sports. And there are just more scholarships available. Absolutely. And, you know, college is expensive. Everybody knows that. But, um, you know, at the same time, like if you get a scholarship, it's like, I got friends that are playing college football that are going to graduate with no, no type of debt or anything like that. And they were great at baseball, but they just were like, well, why am I going to put my family through that? You know, I have two, three, four other brothers and sisters, like it's a no brainer at this point, Mm -hmm. at this point, like why am I even going to try and play baseball? And my parents still have to come out of pocket when I could get a football scholarship or a basketball scholarship or any type of other scholarship and have that paid for. And, you know, for me, I think the, the biggest thing is, yeah, I I stand true to what, you know, the article, the headline was, but you know, baseball is not black enough, but honestly, I love the game. I love this game so much. (laughs) I I really Mm do. And the thing is, is that I want the best players out there. And I'm not saying that, you know, the best players are black. I'm not saying that by any means or no type of way. I'm saying we need to make it fair for everybody else to have the same opportunities to get these type of ways, because I think of it as a, um, I think of it as an avenue for a lot of players Mm -hmm. to, you know, wherever they come from to find a different pathway to go through their life, really. And for me, it's not just making it to the big leagues. There's only a small chance that, you know, the kids that are going to college for baseball are going to go to the big leagues. You know, there's a very small chance, but at the same time, who's to say that a GM were to be at one of his or scouting one of his games or, you know, a scouting director or a president of, uh, of the team is looking at one of these players and they find out like, Hey, you know, what's his GPA or Hey, what type of guy is this? you know, what type of guy is this guy, you know, he gets exposed to um, a coaching job, um, a spot in the front office, a scouting job, something like that. And it can change his life. Mm -hmm. And that honestly is what means more to me because it's a, it's it's just another avenue for somebody who looks like me uh, or anybody else to be able to 
better their life, really. In all mm-hmm. honesty, there's so many avenues <laughs> with this game that uh, we see it. We see it all the time that you know people are able to build a life from there. And I think right now, I don't think we're hitting the mark. I think we're in motion for it right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I know um, myself and our agency. We are at that point. We are moving. We're uh, what is it called? We're moving the needle right now. Mm-hmm. And so that that really is what means the most to me and then also like i said i think probably about two three minutes back i love this game i want to see the best players out on the field you know whenever i retire i want to see this i want to see a player being able to hit a 500 foot home run and some people are like oh that's not possible trust me it's possible (laughs) you know (laughs) and then you know i just want to see like i said the best players out on the field that is how we grow the game um you know you see you know, let's say football, for example, you know, mm-hmm. um, I have a lot of friends that play football, uh, a lot of friends that play NFL football, et cetera. And I'm looking at these guys and I'm just like, you know, for example, a few years ago, Jadavian Clowney, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. how big he is. He's like six, 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 seven, maybe, or something like <laughs> that. And he's running like a four, four, 40, four, five, 40. And I'm like, Imagine if that guy had a bat in his hand or a ball right. in his hand or, you know, <laughs> being able to do that, you know, that guy, that big, you know, just a strong yoke, just great guy in general. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, wow, you know, what if we had that in baseball, you know, where people are actually looking at the game in a different perspective, you know, mm-hmm. I want to see guys hitting home runs and I'm not saying disrespect your opponent and by, by no means, I'm not saying that, but look at towards your dugout and saying like, you know, let's go. This is us. Yeah. You know, um, I give the example of uh, Tim Anderson a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I absolutely love Tim Anderson because yeah. he's not looking to disrespect anybody. He's for his team. He's for the Chicago White Sox. He's just a great guy to watch, really. Yes. High energy. Yep. Loves to play. Absolutely. We need more Tim Andersons. Yes. And you're looking at that. And you're just like, wow, you know, this is, this guy's fun to watch. And guys, and people come in in waves to watch him, along with other people, of course. Sure, but sure. People come in, watch him because he's one of the best players on the field. And you're like, wow, you can, this guy, you know, can do that, you know? Yep. Just a whole bunch of other guys. And it's just like, for example, basketball, you're looking at LeBron James all the time. You're looking at these guys that are so dominant. And you're just like, well, we have guys in baseball like that, but are we really getting the best athletes? Are we really getting the best players? Right. And that, so, so that leads to one of many, many questions I had for you. But one thing you mentioned in the piece too, is that you can see it affects players as early as little league. You say you can remember seeing things that were very eye opening at that age that could push a black kid out of a sport before they even get a chance to get good. And that's one thing I've wondered because I go out and try to see the best players in, in most draft classes. And, I noticed two things. One, especially at the college level, teams are predominantly white. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're all white. And it's not that there aren't black kids on campus. They're obviously playing other sports. So we lost a chance to get those kids. And even at the high school level, this isn't always true, but often I go to see a kid and I, the kid, the prospect I'm going to see is black, but he might be one of two black kids on his team. Mm -hmm. It's not always true, but you know, I think it'll, uh, that ties into a lot of different points you've made, partic- especially about the economics. But what are your thoughts on on that? We're, 
because we, th- it, I think we're losing a lot of those kids, a lot of those supreme athletes that you're talking about before they even get to high school. You say we're losing them as little league. What are some some of those things that we're that we're doing or not doing in little league? What should we be doing differently in little league to keep those kids in the sport? Making it more affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think sometimes uh, you know with anything, uh, a mm-hmm. lot of times a lot of people think. Well, it's usually money making, you know, we're trying to make as most money as possible with these tournaments, with, uh, with anything and everything. And, you know, the, the tr- well, I, I really can't, I'm not really going to use travel because everybody, everybody travels within each sport. So I think yes. that's kind of like an invalid point, but just making it more affordable, you know, um, mm-hmm. I see a lot of times, uh, just a kid is, you know, for example, um, back at home, there was a, uh, um, you know, one of my train, well, my trainer back at home, we, uh, you know, he helps out some of the kids whenever they're, you know, for tournaments and stuff like that, you know, he helps them out. And, uh, I, you know, honestly, I don't think he'll have any problem me saying this, but he helps them out really. And, you know, I'm talking to him and he's like, yeah, you know, you know, their families are kind of like struggling right now, especially like with the virus and stuff like that. Even without even the virus, you know, mm-hmm. it's expensive, you know, to go to these tournaments, to be at the tournaments, to pay for parking. Um, you actually have to, you have to pay for parking. You have to pay to get inside of it, inside the yep. gates. You have to have like a one day pass or a weekend pass. So say if you wanted to go see your son play, you had to pay a fee to park there. And then pay another fee to actually go in there and watch your son play. The kid that you gave birth to and that you're paying these people to play in the tournament with. And that's where it loses a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I even know from talking to, like I said, to, to my friends, it's just like, hey, T, like, I was like, man, dude, like, honestly, like for me, back in Little Leagues, like, you know, I was – I, yeah, I was pretty good in little leagues. Um, I was <laughs> pretty good, but there were some guys that were like older than I was that I'm looking at. I'm like, oh my goodness, like this guy is unbelievable. He ends up mm-hmm. playing, you know, ends up playing a different sport because yep. you know you get to a point where uh, you can't play uh, rec ball anymore. You have to go and play travel ball. You have to go and play, you know, you have to go and travel, get exposure, play against the best competition and stuff like that, and so. You know, for me, I'm just kind of like, I'm just glad my parents, you know, made the sack because I don't, I would have played football, really. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that was, that was kind of like, uh, that was kind of like my, my deal, but, um, I didn't like practice. I didn't like practice for football. That was my biggest thing. I could not do it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so making it just more affordable, I think that's what it really boils down to. And, uh, for me, that's that's been kind of like my thing is that you know I've been blessed enough to uh, you know to be able to help some of these families um, with their you know with with baseball because honestly, like I know there were times that some people helped helped us out you know mm-hmm. and it's all about just giving back really for me and if I could change a life or somebody's life to be able to get into baseball and like I said earlier it's not just about being a big leaguer. It's not just about this It's to help them out to build a better life for them, wherever they are or build a life for them. I don't want to say better, but build a life or a better life for these kids. And you see it all the time. 
baseball has baseball has different outlets. Coaching, uh, like I said, coaching, scouting, front office, mm-hmm. um, you know, trainers, uh, strength and conditioning, uh, all of these things, um, staff, anything and everything. You see it all the time, and that's what I want most of all for these kids. And I don't want to say that that nobody's doing anything because I don't want to ever make it seem like that. Um, but I think we can do better because I know that, you know, MLB is doing things, um, with, uh, play ball, uh, MLB develop, uh, great organizations that are helping out these kids and, um, you know, a lot, a lot of other organizations that are helping out. But Mm -hmm. I think, I honestly think we can do better. I truly do. And for me, I want to be a part of that change as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, not just, and I want to make this clear: not just black players that I'm helping out. Um, sure, it's for anybody, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want I wanted to make that clear because, like, if it's any kid that I can see that I can help, I'm going to try my best to do it, uh, no matter what type of race or ethnicity that they are. Sorry, got a little tongue tied. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, that is my that's my biggest thing. Um, sure. And I wanted to make sure that that was a, that was the staple to like my whole article was mm-hmm. that some players still don't feel comfortable. I think it came through. I think it really came through in the article. You, you also mentioned, and you just, you just hinted at this too, being at the alternate site for, I think you were still with San Diego, you were referring yes. to this and seeing that there were only five black people on the field in uniform. So there's mm-hmm. three players and two coaches. And I've tried to make this argument every now and then for other things, like for when, when people put panels together on television, that representation matters. It's not just that it's not like you're only going to listen to a coach who has the same skin color as you, but if you're a, a player from an underrepresented minority and you walk in and none of the coaching staff looks like you, I imagine that's got to affect you. Uh, no matter how good you are, talented you are, if you walk in and they don't, there's nobody there who looks like you. It probably makes you approach things differently. And I, I, you brought that up. I wanted to let you expand on that a little bit. What is, what is it like to say they're not like me? I don't look like them. And and how does that change maybe how you how you go about your work? Yes. So, for myself and a lot of other players within the sport, we go through things as black people that. Mm-hmm you might not understand or some other people might not understand. And I don't think you should feel bad for it. I don't think that we should feel bad for it, but by no means, but at the same time, you know, I'm going to use my hitting coach. I was with San Diego. I'm going to use Johnny Washington as an example, Mm -hmm. because I I have the utmost respect for him um, in general on and off the field. Johnny and I, we would talk to uh, Jay Walk. I'm going to call him Jay Walsh because that's my nigga. So, <laughs> sure, Jay sure. Walsh, Jay, yeah, Jay Walsh and I, we would talk about anything and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. We would talk about hitting. We would talk about any, like all types of things, right? And Tony Tarasco, the other uh, coach sure. there, unbelievable guy. We would we would always talk about different situations that were going on in the world, and we would have conversations about, like, say. Uh, you know, the movements that were going on, the mm-hmm. the police brutality that was going on. And so we, w- we would have conversations about that. And so, you know, we would even talk about, you know, hey, man, like, Kelly, you know, do you ever have the talk? And it's like, yeah, 
you know, just about like just different things of like, you know, what we've had to go through or, hey, how did you deal with somebody calling you uh, this or how did you deal with when you're on the field? uh, Somebody, you know, saying something to you saying, hey, we need that that token black dude in here. It's like we need that dude. And it's like that's hurtful, you know, and. (sighs) Yeah. Some other people might not go through that. They might deal with, hey, get this guy out of here. He sucks. He's he's horrible. But for me, like, it's a little bit different. Or with a lot of other guys, it's a little bit different. And, you know, you see this and you're just like, well, I, I have this coach that I, you know, I talk to a lot. I, I've grown to respect him, but he's just not going to understand. Or I can try to make him understand, but he's just not going to have that life experience, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm to understand what I'm going through. And it's like that, that gravitation towards somebody else that you know that has gone through some of the stuff that, you, that you're going through and have been through. And we talk about you know, representation. You see more black kids on TV, you're gonna expand the sport. You're gonna make the, you know, you're gonna diversify the sport, really. Yep, absolutely. And you're gonna get that. For me, it was very tough. At certain times, it was tough for me because, you know, I'm most of the time I'm either the only black guy on the team. Yeah, usually one or two black guys on the team out of, you know, 30 or however many, really. And, you know, it's you almost feel kind of like guilty when you see another black guy on the other team and you go up to him and you're like, hey, man, what's up? You have our own like daps and everything like that. You have our own (laughs) culture, especially if you're from like like Atlanta or the South or anything like that. And Mm -hmm. you're just like, and then you like kind of feel everybody watching. It's like, 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 and you're just like, uh, my guy, you know, is my, is my guy, (laughs) you know, and you just gain that connection because you know, the things that, I'm I'm trying to think of a good ex- uh, uh, not even a good I'm trying to think of an example. My high school coach, Coach mm-hmm. Kyle Reese, we would practice uh, Monday. Well, we practice throughout the week, Monday through Saturday, depending on if we had games or not. And you know, we would condition every single day, and conditioning was never fun, but it made us better, right? Whenever I see guys that were in our organization at mm-hmm. Mount Perrin in the baseball organization we all have this bond of saying, look, man, like, you know, you know, the like conditioning that we did, we have that connection of like, you know, somebody else from, you know, I don't know, Harrison would not know what we went through, you know, because we all got through it together. We all are, well, some guys are still going through it and everything like that. So we have that immediate bond of, Hey, look, like I know what you went through this is how I got through it and how are you feeling about it right now and making it all connect. That's kind of like how I feel about with like the black community really mm-hmm. is because we go through certain things that not a lot of people would even understand that has kind of gotten numb to us, but we still go through it. But we also have that bond of like, okay, like, you know, I see Harold Reynolds on MLB network I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, that's, you know, I've got to get done playing. Like, that's something I, I really think that I could do, or, you know, mm-hmm. anything and everything, or seeing, uh, I don't know, somebody coaching, you know, uh, Dusty Baker managing, you know, and I'm like, wow, you know, I can, 
you know, I think I really, I think I can manage, you know, and having that, honestly, having that uh, representation of saying, hey, we can do this. This is not just, you know, it's not just football and basketball for us. You know, we can do anything in the world, really. You know, you see it with, I don't want to get, but say politics, um, you see it within, you know, you see it within, you know, the medical field, you see it within all of these things where you see some representation and the friends and family that I have, we're like, you know, yeah, we can do this. Like, this is what we, you know, we're more than capable of doing this. Mm -hmm. And you see this and you're like, this is what makes us like there because we overcome a lot of stuff. And we're still going and we're still striving for better. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. So yep. when you talk about representation, I think representation, I hope I made the point. You did. Like, I hope I hit the nail. I really do because I think, rep- like you talked about, representation is huge uh, within anything, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think just showing the possibility. I see this a bit with my daughter and my partner's daughters that just the, the it, you know, it's, it, it's certainly not a perfect analog but just the fact that they can see Kamala Harris in a debate you know hey she could be vice president in a couple exactly of weeks. Um, exactly and you know how that it just changes their mindset is something I've obviously never gone through straight white cisgendered man right everybody in power looks like mm-hmm. me they're just taller than yeah. I am but they're they look exactly like me there was never a point in my life where it was like you can't do that because of how you look mm-hmm. so it's been hard it's been a, a journey for me at least to understand like no, there, there's nothing in my experience that can correspond to what you would go through as a young black player in a sport that is predominantly white, for example. And and part of why I loved your piece and said, no, I want I want to have Taylor on to talk about this is that you can talk about the value of representation. You can talk about the challenges that young players of any underrepresented minority are facing getting into baseball and sticking with baseball. Because I, I think your point earlier, like to take this back to where you started, like baseball is a great sport. It is a fun sport. And I love watching the World Series or, or the playoffs all month. And Fernando Tatis Jr. is one of my favorite players to watch because he has such energy and joy. Javi Baez has sort of this style that drives people crazy. And I'm here for it. I'm like, no, I want more of that, more players like that. So it's not that players aren't having fun but we're losing them at some point between age seven or eight in little league like you mentioned in your in your column and age 14 or 15 when they're getting into high school at some point or maybe multiple points in there we're losing those kids and your point seemed to be we can start there and try to keep those kids in the sport and we'll be we'll all be better off the whole industry will be better off in the long run if we do that and and I just loved your your thoughts and your ideas, and I wanted more of your ideas on how we can keep doing that. Yeah, and I, I think for me, uh, you know, you talked about uh, your daughter. Uh, I think for me, the biggest thing for me is that even talking about the piece, I gained more out of it from myself because I'm even listening to, you know, my girlfriend talk about her, you know, you know, I always listen to her and everything like that, but... I'm listening to my my girlfriend, her friends talking about how tough it is to be a female, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the the struggles that they go through. Uh, And then I've even I even tried to even open my mind towards um, just anything and everything within our world, no matter, you know, whether it be race or uh, gender or sexuality, anything really. 
I've had to open my mind because I felt like I was so closed minded and with a lot of these things. And I'm just like, well, you know, if I'm talking about such situation being a black, black male, it'd be a disservice to me if I were to just be like, you know, I'd be contradicting myself and I would be like, oh, you know, uh, I really don't know about that or not even try to mm -hmm. understand what say my girlfriend goes through or uh, a woman who is in, uh, you know, in power at a company and listening to her struggles that she deals with daily of not trying to, well, of not being heard whenever she's in, you know, whenever she's in the boardroom or mm -hmm. anything like that around those areas, really. If I'm not trying to learn or trying to understand or even trying to build myself up so that I can be a better person to those people or try to be like help them out as much as possible and trying to connect what we go through or even putting myself aside and my problems aside and saying, Hey, I actually want to learn from you because I might get something out of it. I'd be mm -hmm. contradicting myself. And I, 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 I really would not, uh, I wouldn't be able to look at myself in the face and, you know, be satisfied. Yep. <laughs> Uh, my guest today has been Taylor Tremell. He's an outfielder in the Seattle Mariners organization. He's one of the best prospects in baseball. Uh, not just my opinion. That's a pretty universal opinion, I think. And you should check out his piece from the Players' Tribune from September 8th called Baseball is Not Black Enough. Taylor, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Keith. I appreciate it. That's all for this week's episode. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much to Taylor Trammell for being my guest. Like I said, I will be on vacation next week, but there will be a new episode of this podcast appearing on Monday, November 2nd. Stay safe, everyone. Wear your masks. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.